Hello to all you lovely, lovely listeners to this week's episode of His Film, Her Movie. I'm Jordan. I'm Lauren. And together we are the podcast that answers the question, to what lengths will one married couple go to to make the other watch some films that they love? Every week we choose a different cinematic topic and then each choose one film that is relatable to that topic. So, Lauren. Yes, Jordan. What is our topic this week? This week, our topic was the murky world of social media. Yes, social media movies where social media plays a huge part in the plot of the movie. So, before we get into the the main part of the show, we always like to say what's been keeping us entertained Uh over the last seven days. So, what's been keeping you entertained? Um... We watched some more of Loki. Yes. Which is really good. I'm really enjoying it. Are you enjoying it? I am. Um, I thought the first episode was good, but it was very piloty. It was very, mm-hmm. we need to create this world first before we can tell our story. Yes. Um, however, the second one really does amp it up. I, I love the aesthetic of it. I love how... It's got that 70s sci-fi sheen. Mm-hmm. Um, Tom Hiddleston, I enjoy. I don't know if his low-key shtick is going to get old quickly. I guess he's always had um, like uh, Chris Hemsworth to sort of play off. Yes, and he's very much the centre of attention in this one. He is very... But I think as well, when you have... Loki is a, is a big character, but then Thor is also such a big character... And I always thought that Chris Hemsworth played Thor. It's a very particular way. I don't want to say it, it, it's like a caricature of it, Thor. It's very grandiose. It's very So you always big. had somebody acting even more than Tom Hiddleston. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas he's definitely the... I don't want to say over-actor, but Loki, with Loki, everything's just more intense. No, I think that, I mean, Thor is overacting but i guess that's a character and he's more conniving where i think the tom hiddleston isms has increased throughout the movies yeah but at the moment it hasn't got old and i'm enjoying it Mm -hmm. and i really like how they play owen wilson off against that and he yeah and his calm demeanor that he has yeah but no i'm enjoying it i'm enjoying it yeah i'm liking it I like it. Anything um, else? I feel like there was something that we watched and I've forgotten what it is. <laughs> well, I'll start with one because there is something that we watched together. Uh-huh. So I carried on with my rewatch of the Indiana Jones franchise with 1989's Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Yes. Which she's everybody's favourite archaeology professor in a race for the hunt of the Holy Grail mm-hmm. against those pesky Nazis again. So pesky. And along for the ride this time is Mr. James Bond, Sean Connery himself, who plays Indy's father, who's a Holy Grail scholar and who seems to have been kidnapped by the Nazis. And yeah, and as a great family adventure, I'm pretty much going to be reiterating my feelings regarding Raiders of the Lost Ark last week. These films are just so much fun um, that you can't help but be transported back to your childhood and like last crusade has that power it has Mm -hmm. the ability to really tap into that part of your brain 
that makes you feel like a kid again. You're just so so enthralled by the action on the screen and to make you feel love for the, the battered uh, anti-hero is, yeah. is, a, is a way. And this sequel has the best relationship than any other indie movie and that's the father-son dynamic between Harrison Ford and Sean Connery. I adore Karen Allen in the first in Raiders and, and the chemistry between her and Ford is definitely one of the highlights of the film. But mm-hmm. some of the scenes between Ford and Connery it not only gets the estranged father and son awkwardness, but delivers some of the funniest scenes in the entire franchise. Just how they bounce off each other is wonderful. It's it's a duo you wouldn't think would work, but it works so, so well. I have a question. Yeah? They're not that much different in age, though, are they? I think they were 12 years. Um, of, Well, saying back then, but obviously they were always 12 years. <laughs> Back then they were 12 years, now it's just two. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, there wasn't that much of an age gap, but they really did make Sean Connery feel older. But Harrison Ford has always had that ruggish good looks that I think he'd get away with a few, uh, younger than he actually plays. Okay. I always think, yeah. Yeah, I get what you mean. But the 4K looks superb, and these movies are pretty much made for that that restoration of 4K to make mm-hmm. them look really nice and shiny. But yeah, I love everything about this movie. It's perfectly paced. The set pieces and the action is bloody excellent. Uh, the motorbike chase being one of my highlights. Mm-hmm. And it's just a damn good time, is Last Crusade. It's above... It's up there with Raiders, really. Mm-hmm. It does deliver that much... That much fun and that much spectacle. And the other thing that we both watch, which ties into this week's picks, yeah, is that we watched Bo Burnham's that's Inside. It. Oh my god, that's it. I was trying to think of it with it being like a film. I know that's like a film, but it's not like people acting. Does that make sense? Yes. That was what we watched. And the thing is, I've had the songs going around in my head ever since we watched it. Yeah. Why did I not remember that? I am so dumb sometimes. <laughs> so what do you we think about it? We watched it like two days ago. What do you think about it? I loved it. I thought it was great. It took you on a wild ride all the way through. Really hit home in like a few different areas. Yeah, I mean, I went in quite tentatively to it because it had been put on a bit of a pedestal because the the, the world was screaming of how good it was. Mm-hmm. And whenever that really happens, I going with a bit of a predilection to what how can this be that good yeah but it, it knocked my socks off it's at, it, at its worst it's some silly parody songs that's mm-hmm. just entertaining but at its best it's a mesmerizing look into one man's journey into isolation and, oh, and yeah. quarantine and it, it does it gets quite dark now if the, if, that, if those dark moments are acted and played, fair shout, but that doesn't really mean anything to me because I, I get took on the journey of him yes. within within the piece. Yes. But, yeah, I, I laughed constantly Did through it. you haven't really seen any of his sort of stand-up stuff before, no, had you? No, not really. I'd seen him in Promising Young Woman. Yeah. And I, I, I knew of him, but I never really took the time out to check him out. Yeah. But yeah, this is a strong, strong stand-up comedy special. Believe the hype. 
Yeah, it. definitely go on. And the thing is, it's not even that. It's like the songs are one thing. Mm-hmm. If, if if you don't like the songs, then you don't like the songs. I don't mind. Like parody is very much a niche thing. Mm-hmm. For me, it's what makes it even more special is how he's able to do this and film it, edit it, do everything on his own because the production value of it is low-key, but what he does with light, what he does oh, with I projection, see. what he does with everything, mm-hmm. it's... I, I like him more because I know he can do that stuff now. I have to say, I don't think... It's not really... I don't really feel like it's parody songs. Yeah, it's just, like, funny... It's, like, they're very satirical. Yeah. They're very much, like, more of a social commentary. I don't be able to think parody and think Weird Al. Yeah. They're not that sort of parody. Yeah, yeah. But definitely... Oh, yeah. Go check it out. Definitely it, go check it out. Yeah, you can do much worse with 90 minutes of your time. I definitely think, like, get through the first, like, 10 minutes if you're not used to Bo Burnham and his sort of stand-up style. Because he just sing a lot when he's doing stand-up. Um, but, yeah, get 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 into it. I think you'll really enjoy it. Absolutely. So, to be honest, I haven't watched that much because the Euros have been on. Yes. And I've been watching non-stop football. And Jordan wants us to get, get this done because England play, play in 50, 54 minutes. Yes. So keeps, I, keep, I see him. He's like, just quickly checking the, <laughs> checking the clock. So, yeah, I've been watching. I mean, up until a few days ago, it was three games a day. So. I was a football widow. Yep. Probably that just... means I got the good TV. <laughs> so, that's fine by me. So, given that we haven't seen that much, we might as well just get into the, the rest of the show. Yes. Social media. So, so social media. So what was your pick for the social media movie? My pick was um, the Matt Spicer 2017 film Ingrid Goes West. Yes, and I chose, going on the Bo Burnham theme, 2018's Eighth Grade. Yes. His directorial writing debut. Yes. Which one do you want to talk about first well we usually do me first so i think we should do you first this week okay so we'll go with eighth grade yes uh okay so the topic of today's video is being yourself and it's like you know well aren't i always being myself uh and like yeah for sure um but uh sorry i sorry i'm i'm reading these off paper (laughs) um okay but it's like Being yourself is, like, not changing yourself to impress someone else, you know? Because, like, um, like, uh, you could be the most popular kid at school or, like, you know, like, um, have, like, the hottest boyfriend or whatever. Um, But, like, what's the point if you're not being yourself? And it's, like, being yourself can be hard. And, like, the hard part about being yourself is that it's not always easy because, you know, like, people can, like... um, like, make fun of you, or something dumb, because, like, people suck, and evil people exist, um, but you just kind of ignore them, and, like, not care what they're saying. So then, as I said, this is the directorial feature film debut of Bo Burnham, who tells this story of a shy, young, socially awkward 13 to 14 year old girl, Mm -hmm. who is on the cusp of finishing middle school. Yeah graduating middle school and entering high school. Yeah. And all the trials and tribulations that come with being of that age. Mm -hmm. However, and I think, I mean, 
the main reason why we're doing this and why the film stands out is because it shows the lives of these young people and the influence that social media and technology has on their lives and their personalities and their relationships. Yeah. So, you hadn't heard about this movie before. I hadn't heard about this movie. No, I hadn't seen anything. I hadn't heard of it. I do feel like the lead actress's face is really familiar. So, I don't know if I've seen GIFs of it and not realised it was maybe. this. Or, you know, maybe I saw the promos for it. But, um, yeah, I had not seen it. I went in completely... Cold? Completely cold. And I really liked it. It's slow moving, yes, but it's not set over a very wide period of time. It's maybe a couple of weeks, so that kind of works with it. The I found the lead actress very believable, mm-hmm. very believable, because of course it opens when she's filming like her little YouTube, YouTube videos. videos. Very cute. I love the 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 slightly grainy texture from her webcam. The blanket stuck to the wall behind her. I did, I really, really, really liked it. Really mm. enjoyed it. And that's what I think works for the film is that you say that it's slow moving because it's not like any other T movie where you it's it's plot driven. It's there really isn't any plot. You aren't driving towards mm-hmm. anything. It's not like they've got to get this thing done before prom or a big event is happening. You just live the life of this young girl and how she's dealing with her own social distance from people and her own isolation and her own shyness. Mm -hmm. And it, it, it doesn't bog you down in things that would deter you or distract you from just, just swimming in this character's, Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. The one one character that really, really stood out to me was the dad. Yes. Um, I find quite often in teen films, parents do tend to get a bit of a bad rap, and I kind of feel like dads tend to get probably the worst rap mm-hmm. because if it's a teen teen films are usually girls, so the usually shows dads just really not understanding and. Just being like, oh, back in my day, we're not really getting it. Um, they uh, they talk about how um, like her mum left when she was a baby, and he raised her. Ba- yeah. and he raised her, and it, it was just a really positive. I found it was a very positive male role model in her life. Absolutely, he wasn't in any way toxic. He listened to her. He supported her. He um, did the usual embarrassing dad things, which really not that embarrassing as you get older and you realise it, but in a teenager it's mind-numbingly embarrassing. Um, and, yeah, and that's, I think, what it showed with that relationship is it it shows the not understanding, but yeah. wanting to understand or... Wanting to bridge that gap, yeah, the generational gap. And being a single father, I think, that relationship of a single father and a daughter, obviously, I think it is completely unique to them yes because you it sounds terrible but you do seem to get more single mother son stories you do but i also think that that relationship is a little bit more less complex because because of masculinity and because of maleness Mm -hmm. and not really understanding at all what the other person's going through and and Mm -hmm. not knowing how to deal with it 
I think as well, it was a very good positive role model for single parent families as well, because quite often you have a little bit of a negative where it's like you show them constantly working and very stressed and not being able to take the time to really connect with their child. Whereas that wasn't the case here. Yeah. You you didn't feel like they had that. You felt like they still, he was obviously supporting the family, but he was still there. Hmm. He was still present. And obviously, and where we tend to, like I said, we tend to get single mother families and we tend to get the single mothers then working three or four jobs trying to make ends meet, which is representative of some families, but it's not representative of all. So this was nice to have a different viewpoint, a different yeah. look at it, and to show different styles of family. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and like Elsie Fisher, who plays the lead character, mm-hmm. I do, I think she is the 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 main selling point of this movie. I think her performance, it is really quite nuanced and it, it bleeds authenticity. It, mm-hmm. it really does feel like that girl could exist. Yeah. And have the same troubles that she's having. And I, I even love the fact that it's, she's 13 to 14, so she's going to have bad skin and she's going to have those sorts of issues. Mm-hmm. And I like how those, those are kept in. And try it's read for me as as a, as a male trying to understand the the mindset of a thirteen year old girl. But I think this film kind of does yeah give a give a, a window a window into that, into that experience. Yeah, and um, the other thing I liked as well was the fact that yeah they're all kids and they are all kids in this. So often they're really obviously older yeah than what they are, and whether that be due to. I don't want to say labour laws, but you know what I mean, like acting and... Well, I think she was 15 when she filmed, filmed this, so the, she was a little bit older. But the other kids yeah. all look like they're in the same age group. There's not a child in there that you look at and go, that's not a child, that's obviously somebody who's 18. Everybody is at a similar sort of, you know, level with age and puberty and everything else so you can kind of you can see how this class gels together yeah and would actually react um my favorite thing is her little crush oh my god her crush and you, she's and you can just you like the music plays yeah, yeah, yeah. and everything and then you see like what an instagram video of him like flexing his muscles it's like oh honey <laughs> honey that that's it that's that is like the skinniest little arm, but I could just imagine like thirteen-year-old girl going, "Oh my god, he's so beautiful, and he's so like lovely," and it's like, "That's so cute." Yes, he's an awful person. Yes, but they they cast somebody who a thirteen-year-old girl would find a tra- age appropriately attractive. Yes. And, that's, and I think that's one of the things where both these films actually get. And trying to talk about it. it's like just how obsessed we are about how people perceive ourselves. Yes, and like the use of the YouTube videos, mm-hmm. I like those little interjections of character. It's one of those things. It's like those YouTube videos are the fantasy. Yes, like Kayla wanting people to see her as confident, as popular. However. The irony that lies there is the fact that if if she did her videos tracking her trouble with confidence and how she'd be trying to overcome them, mm-hmm. it would probably get more views. Yeah. It's it's wanting to be a part of 
a crowd that makes her more invisible online. Yes. So it's that dichotomy of one is taken from the other and yeah. which one is a person. And yeah, it's and it's her realness that I think that really does land home and it's all done with a bit of a tinge of sadness. Yeah, it is. Every, every bit of it is a little bit um a little bit sadness. And there are like adult themes throughout it and I don't know, like I just I just really I really enjoyed it. I like the little sense of brightness towards the end. Yeah, yeah. Um I thought it looked great. Um But what about what about a scene? I mean this is one where and I don't want to say like no real drama, but I kind of like how the drama is a movie drama. Yes, it's more like real life sort of Exactly. So like when we've got we have a scene after she's just been out with her high school shadow, mm-hmm. um, the girl, and she's in the back of, back of the car with a guy and being forced to play a truth or dare. Yeah. And it, it's through her kindness and her shyness, she's answering these questions. And the way that plays out is so uncomfortable, but has that feeling of danger Mm-hmm. And it's just one of those things where it's not overblown mm-hmm. as a movie could do it, but it's again it shines a light on an experience that only a girl of that age could yeah. have, and how that then could dictate what it is like her experiences in the future. It is. It's very relatable. Yeah, it's that it's it's like the game of truth or dare is kind of like the the first time you ever flirt. Yeah. It is like baby flirting. And obviously this it's an older guy, um, by a couple of years. He does take it a step too far. But this is also the point where Kayla finds her voice and this is where her confidence that she's been saying, I need to build confidence, put myself out there. This is where this comes into play in a major point because she says no, she carries on saying no, and she sticks to her guns and he drives her home. And then after that, that is when her that is when she stands up to the girls at school. She she just have like bits where like she goes down where she burns the memory box and she's like I'm burning all my dreams. But it's after that point where she's upset and she's obviously hurt and angry and ashamed about what's happened. And that uh, I think uh, and the apologising like that yeah. is what gets me. It's the twisted guilt after it that makes it's me not twisted guilt we are told to do that but, the, but that's it no I'm, I'm talking about like that it's the twisting of the you're made to feel guilty where it's like it baffles it's, my it's mind not even that we're made to feel guilty we have to be nice yeah because if we're not nice we could be raped or we could be killed hmm. that is what sadly is it and that is what we are that is what we yeah. are told to be we're to always be nice because you know, don't raise your voice because then you're seen as being hysterical and too emotional. And whereas she says no, she makes very clearly that she doesn't want to go ahead with this. He drives her home. She has that time where she's able, where she has, she feels sad and she feels rubbish. And her dad is the one who helps her get through it. She does that whole ritualistic burning of the box when she says she's burning her hopes and dreams, but then she kind of uses what's happened to her to be like, do you know what? I said no, 
I can say no and I can stand up for myself. And that was the only thing that I kind of didn't like was the fact that something very nearly awfully happened to mm. her. And that's where she found her voice. I felt like there could have been a different thing, but you obviously needed something to kind of develop her more. Something had to happen for it to develop. Yeah. I feel like it could have been a different plot point to this. Um, but that, 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 from that point is the point where she, she finds her voice and she makes, starts making new friends. She makes friends with Gabe. She stands up to the girls and she stands up to the girls publicly. Yeah. And says exactly what she thinks. Um, and I like she, she, like the, the high school shadow, like in any other movie like this, you would think that it would be revealed that all they wanted was to embarrass her. Or something, but no, they're just really nice. She and she makes friends. She, I think, and then she starts to see a life ahead of her, yeah. Instead of living it in the thing, but also, and for, for like a final thought for me, I think a few things that he does get right is that low angle glow of a screen on a face is so relatable now. Yes, it is quite sad that it's relatable, but mm-hmm. it is. But it also just how generally. Phones play a part in the film, not just in texting and calling, but that they're in people's hands constantly. Mm-hmm. It's like when Kayla arrives at the pool party and the mother answers the door and she's got a phone in her hand. She's not looking at it, she's not texting, it's just there. Yeah. Like it's some appendage. Yeah. And you see those people around everywhere. Mm-hmm. And yeah, just little little pieces of detail that yes. I think it got really well. Anything else you want to add? No, I just definitely think that you should watch it. It's not a film I'd heard of, not a film that I'd seen anything of, but I definitely recommend it. Excellent. So we'll have a short break and then we'll come back with your film. Yes. This podcast you're listening to, pretty good, isn't it? Only problem is, it's about halfway through. Pretty soon, it'll be over. And then what are you going to do? Well, if you're a fan of this show, why not head over to wearepodsyndicate.com and subscribe to our brand new feed, Pod Syndicate The Bonus Shows. Every week, your hosts from Beyond the Neon, Chinstroker vs. Punter, Entertainment Landfill, Film Bastards, His Film, Her Movie, and What's On Tap will be dropping bonus shows right onto that feed. These shows might be collaborations and crossovers, or they might be archive episodes, interviews, one-offs, and other treats from across the Pod Syndicate network. So, prepare yourself for the inevitable disappointment of this Pod Syndicate show ending by heading to wearepodsyndicate.com and clicking on the bonus shows. We now return you to your regularly scheduled Pod Syndicate podcast. Okay, cheese. Wait, actually, don't smile. And if you hold your bag down like this, it might look better. And even at an angle, maybe. Cool. Okay, I think we got it. Thank you. Sorry, would you actually, would you mind just taking a a few more? And maybe if you got lower, then you could get the sign above our heads. And that would be Uh, amazing. Here you go. Thanks. You're the best. Sure. Just do what I'm doing. If you just get lower, that would be better. You mean on the floor? Yeah, if you can. Okay. Last one. Should we try one with the peace sign? Yeah. 
So this is the 2017 Matte Spicer film, Ingrid Goes West. It got an 86% on Rotten Tomatoes right. and 6.6% out, 6.6%, 6.6 out of 10 on IMDb. And it basically follows a young girl, young woman, sorry, when she gets out of a psychiatric unit, um, rebuilding her life. Which sounds very uplifting and it sounds lovely until you realise that this woman has a severe addiction to social media. She has, um, she creates attachments to people that she sees on social media and the way that she gets this new life is to create the perfect life, what she sees being the perfect life on social media too basically become friends with somebody that she's seen in a magazine and she does it she does it she manages to go there she lives completely through her social media Hmm. through her instagram and now you hadn't seen this. i hadn't seen this had you seen things about it i remember when it came out and i remember seeing posters for it in the cinema and things like that but just one that i didn't get around to I think as well, like Ingrid Goes West, it sounds like, a, oh, that sounds nice. and uh, It sounds like an Eat, Pray, Love yeah, well, type thing. But the thing is, I, I knew Aubrey Plaza, a big Parks and Rec fans. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I knew Elizabeth Olsen. So like, I, I was interested in the people who was in it. It's just one of those that just passed me by. Yeah, but I think for anybody else, if you sort of saw it, yeah. you would probably just think, oh, this is just a, a fluff yeah. film. But like you said, Audrey Plaza is great because she always brings a little bit of a darkness to things that she does, even when she's playing somebody nice. Mm. Um, For me, I don't really know what to say because it is everything based around social media and what you can learn about people from it. Like Ingrid has, um, so the girl, uh, she is obsessed with Taylor, played by um, Elizabeth Olsen. Elizabeth Olsen. Isn't is classed as an influencer? Yeah. So she has like a list on her phone, like what um, places she likes to eat, what stores she likes to go in. Um, she'll have different, diff- like her her passcode is Taylor's birthday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That sort of thing. She's it's it, it's the new age stalker. Yeah, film. it was said. My my first thing is that it's a millennial single white female, mm-hmm. and. I enjoyed that part of it. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed seeing that story told in like a new lens. Yes. Of how that that is done and how it would be done. Mm-hmm. But no, I, I no, that's it. I, 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 you were be I like, enjoyed yeah. it, and I th- but I, what I actually kind of enjoy is that, and I think you can put this with eighth grade as well, eighth grade as well, is that these films are basically the fish out of water high society films of the forties. Yes. Because it's about trying to succeed in a society that that same society has programmed you to crave Mm -hmm. and saying that if you aren't part of it, you're not living life to the fullest. Yes. And that is interesting, but also it brings the idea of people as brands, Mm -hmm. not as individuals, Mm -hmm. about that facade of of the online life. And again, I mean, I'd, I'd spoke about the irony of the YouTuber part of 
Kayla's journey in, in eighth grade. And I think this yeah. is the one where the, the irony of, of an influencer, of a life of an influencer, because the whole point of being an influencer is trying to connect with people. Yes. Trying to understand them so that in a harsh term, you can exploit them. Yes. You can get them to subscribe to something that they need to pay for or buy something that you're selling. Mm -hmm. However, when that connection goes too far, they, they don't want to. And I'm not saying everyone wants to be stalked. That's not what no, it is. But, yeah. but it's it's you doing your job right, in yes. effect. You, you're yeah. creating a connection with someone. And it's like it's that. It's not a, not a reciprocal. Reciprocate, yeah, and that's it. And I think that is the harshness of the, the environment of that we live in. Yes. Is that we're connected to these people through our phones who have no idea we exist for most of their life. Yeah, definitely. That's it. It's like there'd be the, anybody who's got social media will be like, oh, yeah, I really like this person, or I like this person. It'd be like, yeah, but they have no idea who you are. Yeah. No idea who you no, are. Absolutely not. Um, I just... And also th there's the um, whole thing like, Taylor's life obviously isn't perfect. Yeah. That's what she's putting out on online. I mean, the, f the film is full of terrible people. Oh, everybody's everybody's awful. I think the only person who's nice is Dan. Yes. O'Shea Jackson Jr. He's, he is the only person who comes out with, you're looking at him in a positive light. Yeah, he's the only person who's like... Who's like, selfless, really. I know, but he does have like a total Batman obsession. Which I don't get. That's one of my actual issues with the film. I don't know what that brings, and it's just... I don't know if it's made for laughs or anything like that, but that film, that guy didn't have to be obsessed with Batman. It didn't have to be a character know. trait. I don't know. So that was one of the things that I can't, I didn't like. It just didn't fit. It felt like part of a different movie. Yeah, it didn't really bring anything. And the other thing that I would have liked is because this on a basic scale is the plot of a horror film. Yes, it is, yeah. And I would have kind of liked it to maybe lean a bit more into that genre feel. Mm -hmm. it, it does stay rather straight-laced. Or even, even just have, like, the confidence or the, the balls to up the stakes. Mm -hmm. So, like, when Dan and... What was the main character's name? Ingrid. Ingrid. Jesus. <laughs> Ingrid. It's one of those nights tonight. <laughs> yes. So when, when, when Ingrid and Dan take Nicky... The brother. The brother. Mm -hmm. And then hit him over the head and leave him. I have him be dead. I know. How good it would have been if he just died. Up the stakes of the film. It yes. would have opened it up. It would have created a hell of a lot more of, a, I, I think, a better experience mm -hmm. of that final third of having that paranoia of having killed someone, yeah. of of this obsession leading to somebody dying, mm -hmm. where all that we got was they found out and they said, we don't want to be friends anymore. Yeah. And yes, that is terrible for the character, but in hindsight, in, in the wider scope, it's just sort of like, it's not a very great... Maybe they didn't care at killing because we would have totally been cheering them on. But that's it, yeah. I mean, I, so I wish even if she didn't mean to kill him, even if you hit him over the head in manslaughter, but then you've got what kind of a dynamic Dan and Ingrid would have then Yes. of having to bury someone. And I think it would have turned the film completely on its head. Mm -hmm. 
I, I would have liked that. Maybe it's not what they were going for, but I think it, it would have made it a little bit better. Yeah. And, yeah, it's it's a film about vapid people, about people you don't like, which is fine. I do like some films that are intentionally full of terrible people, but mm-hmm. I also think it tries to get a bit more on Ingrid's side about shifting the blame of what Ingrid was doing. Well, she is mentally ill. It's true. She has, like, she literally just got out of a psychiatric hospital. That's it. But I think sometimes it, it did play her as a bit sympathetic, which, to be honest, yes, she might be sympathetic because she's mentally ill. Mm-hmm. But, again, I that was a little bit strange. But also the ending. Like, I loved the ending. Yes. The final shot is interesting. Yes. Because it's a bit of a downer, but it's an upper for the character. Yeah, I get. Yeah, I get that. It's like what hashtag I am Ingrid. Yeah, and the fact that she's she's, she's became Instagram famous because she tried to kill herself on Instagram. Yeah, that's it. And she became famous. And I think that the message there is like she became famous because for that video she was herself. Yes, and the fact that when we got. Onto the other side of the Instagram account of Taylor mm-hmm. is that her life isn't what we see in pictures. No, no. And it isn't what she projects. Mm-hmm. And actually, I do actually quite like the... It does a little sort of montage of all her pictures and all her influencer sort of things. Whereas it's <laughs> just such a template because you see those kinds of oh, accounts. so much. So, I, so much. Everywhere. Like, there's so many things on Pinterest telling you how to do that. Yeah, and it's how do they stand out because every one of them is the same. How does everybody get their bed that flat for them to be able to do a flat lay? <laughs> I put anything on the bed, even just like put it on in the morning, the cat's all over it. But uh, and that's it, I just don't, I enjoyed the film, but I think I wanted it to be a bit more. You wanted it to be darker. Yeah, because yeah. and, 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 it is a dark, dark premise. Mm-hmm. But I liked how it played with the social media aspect of it. And the thing is, we've both, we've watched two films here, but both do have negative representations of social media and how it can twist people. I don't think, can anybody think of one where it's a positive? I don't know. I can't think of one that think, the other social media things that I think of are all Black Mirror. Hmm. So that's never going to be a happy no. comparison, ever. No. A brilliant comparison. But a ha- not a happy comparison. No, and I think is I think because it's one of those things where it's got to be not overdone because if yeah. it, because then it just becomes an obsession. It becomes part of life where it shouldn't be. It mm-hmm. becomes that flicking through of content, and you're not living your life. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, so I, I love Aubrey Plaza. Aubrey Plaza in it. I think she's great. Elizabeth Olsen is decent. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, O'Shea Elizabeth Jackson Olsen Jr. Who actually does not have any social media whatsoever. Yeah. Nothing. She doesn't like it. Is that Aubrey Plaza? No. Oh, no, Elizabeth Olsen. Elizabeth Olsen doesn't have any social media whatsoever. Probably she saw just the, the impact of her sisters had Well, her on... sisters have a social media account, but I don't think they've posted since like 2019. All right. So. Uh, anything else you want to say on Ingrid Goes West? Nothing else I want to see on Ingrid Goes West. I really enjoyed it. I think people should watch it. Um, but going from one social media, I think we should finish on our social media. 
So we've just spent two films telling you how bad it is. Yeah. But now come and join us and be part of our social media cult. Yeah. It's one of those things, isn't it? We talk about just how bad social media is and then we are being complete hypocrites. <laughs> so come on, join us. So yeah, you can, you can come join the Discord, hisfilmhermovie.com. Yes. We've got the links for everything that you would wish for. Come join the conversation. And next week... Next week. We're going to be doing... Comeback movies. Comeback movies. So those actors, actresses, filmmakers who have been shunted away from the limelight. Yes. They, it's the film that got them back on the map. Yes. So give us some of your favourite comeback roles, comeback actors. Please give me some because at the moment I can't think of one. I have to Google it. <laughs> this is my problem. I go, yeah, let's do that. And then I have to like Google and go, oh, yeah, that film. I know that film. Yeah. But we'll be back next week. It's a bit of a short one this week, but hey, things to do. Football to watch. Yes, we Jordan gets to watch, doesn't get to watch the football, he'll come out in hives. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that is it for this week's episode. So, that's goodbye from me. And goodbye from me. See you next week. This podcast is part of the Pod Syndicate family. For more criminally compelling shows, articles, and conversations, head to wearepodsyndicate.com. <laughs>